Welcome back to A Better Love. I'm your host, Dr. Greg. And today we're going to be talking again about family systems. This is part two of this series about family systems. We talked about family systems and how they work and uh, the people that you have around you and who those people ought to be. Definitely go check out that episode, episode 50. Today, stay tuned for a conversation about some common roles that you may be playing in your family system right now and to begin to explore whether or not that's helpful or unhelpful to you or the family system. First, let's take a step back and just talk briefly about roles. Now, we all understand that we enact different roles in society, but also in our workplace, specifically our home, uh, our community. And some of those roles are pretty straightforward. We understand if we're working for a company, we're an employee, we're a individual contributor, we might be a leader, a manager, an executive of some kind. We, we play a role in that team, in that larger system to accomplish a specific mission. We play roles within our families as well. And we learn how to interact with other people uh, from those early childhood experiences and as we enact these roles in our family system. Now, they're not all cookie cutter and clean, right? So I'm going to describe about four different roles, common roles that we may find in families. And you may find that there are pieces of each that resonate with you, but it's more likely that you resonate with one of these more than others. And it could be that you don't resonate with any of these. There's several kinds of roles and ways you can think about family systems. These are just four common ones that I often see in the families that I've worked with. Uh, Number one is the hero. So the hero is, you know, the good child, the one that uh, is responsible. They are high achievers. Uh, They carry on the pride of the family. They tend to overcompensate uh, in terms of their experiences, put a lot of pressure on themselves to appear as though they're perfect. Everything is going well. There's nothing here to, to see in terms of inadequacy or a failure. Uh, these folks, based on the position they play in the family system, they tend to get reinforced around these characteristics, which shape their personalities, right? It's the case with all of these roles, by the way. And they become well positioned to be uh, leaders, right? Good leaders, good team leaders, organizers. They're goal oriented, they're self disciplined. Because they've put a lot of effort into, you know, enacting this role basically uh, for the family. The second is the mediator. So ask yourself, does this resonate with you? Or can you recognize in your family system who plays this role? The mediator is sort of like a rescuer. Okay, so when there's conflict in a family system between two, two players or more, this person feels compelled to get into the mix and try to... Uh, be a peacemaker, right? Try to calm things down and help everybody get their needs met. Now, these are wonderful skills, by the way, that we need more of in the world in terms of mediation, being able to work together to come to a common goal together. So actually, the skills that this person develops in their family system may actually contribute to their ability to do well in life if they uh, do these things in healthy ways. But to the extent that they're in a position where they're always the one to calm things down, uh, they can then start to experience higher levels of anxiety, guilt when things aren't working on in the family system. And then they can, you know, experience that level of guilt and other 
uh, negative mood states when things aren't working in their own family or in their own workspace, and they can be uh, racked with anxiety. So that's these are some of the challenges of this role. Third type is the scapegoat or the black sheep. So if you ask anyone in a family system to tell you, you know, who causes the most problems, <laughs> you know, they would likely have there would be some consensus about who that person was, whoever, you know, any family system, any system at all, you're probably going to get some level of consensus around, you know, who's the, as they imagine, as they see is the weakest link, right? The most challenging person or element of the family. And most systems do have this. So family systems as well. And guess what? Regardless of what that family is going through, it's often the case that the scapegoat you know, that person gets all of the attention, right? So rather than address maybe more complex or subtle challenges in other relationships within the system, there's a, a deference to just, you know, over-relying on, well, it's, you know, it's this person's fault. It's because, you know, they're emotionally unstable or they're too intense or they have this problem or that problem. You know, they're the problem. <laughs> and what we understand is that, uh, a reinforcement of that message you know, ends up being that that person, you know, doesn't move from that position, right? They, it's very difficult to sh- for the family dynamic to shift so that problems can be addressed in, in different ways. But that's the third role today. And the fourth and last role I'll talk about today is the clown. So the clown uses humor to de-stress people. You know, when there's conflict or tension in the home, they're the ones using humor to kind of you know, get everybody in a good mood and to be able to get through that hard thing. Problem with that is they often will then have sort of a, a more one-dimensional uh, way of emotionally expressing themselves, right? So there's less room for expressing sadness or challenging mood states uh, to acknowledge them themselves, but also share with their future romantic partners, friends, and other things. So there's there's benefit to humor, obviously, but the, the clown of the family is somebody who's, they're, they're a clown for a reason, right? And it's being pulled from them by the family system for a reason. People don't want to focus on the things that are uh, more challenging, the conflict points that maybe the system doesn't understand how to effectively address. And so everybody kind of stays in their role. And this is a very common thing. Uh, that's why these descriptors exist in the first place. So here's my challenge to you this week. Be curious about whether or not you or someone in your family might be enacting some of these roles right now. And is that helpful to you? Is that helpful to the family system right now? Or does it maintain patterns that are not allowing the family system to resolve issues in a new and effective way? Because ultimately, I would love for your family to be functioning as healthy as it possibly can, right? With very open and clear communication with you know a generous amount of emotional connection between siblings and a parent or parents and for there not to be you know very few tension points or stress points as much as possible this is the goal this is the hope for your family my family every family out there and especially for those of you who listen and subscribe to better love project our mission here is to help you love more fiercely so definitely if you have any questions about this topic, about family systems or roles, definitely send me those questions on TikTok and Instagram at A Better Love Project, or you can send them directly to me by email 
at greg at abetterloveproject.org. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, love each other more fiercely.